Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission, to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Welcome back, guys, to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Today is a special episode because we're going into the political sphere. I know it's one of these areas where people can have a lot of differences and opinions on a lot of stuff, but I wanted to get um, a high-ranking senator on, Mr. Malcolm Roberts, to distill some of the myths and some of the some of the stuff that's going on in the world right now and also give you a bit of an insight into, into why he stepped into politics and why he's doing what he's doing in the space. So, Malcolm, welcome to the show. Thank you, Frankie. It's a pleasure to be here, mate. Looking it's, forward to it. It's a pleasure to have you on, and, and and thank you so much for for taking your time out of your day to come and come and do it. It's really appreciated. Um, obviously, I think I think before we start going into some of the narratives that are at play at the moment and and some of the stuff that's going on in the world, I think it's I think it'd be uh, advantageous for the audience to understand why you're even in politics, because from what I understand and from from from, from any politi- politician or anyone that's in the political sphere is the fact that. From from day one, as soon as you step into the in, into this world, in in the world's eyes, you are fifty percent wrong and fi- and fifty percent right in everyone's eyes, and and it's kind of like how, why would you even want to get into a space where you where instantly the day you walk into it, you are are fifty percent wrong in the in the world's eyes. Well, I, I don't look upon it that way. I, I agree with you that 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 is what happens, but I don't see it and feel it when I'm actually speaking in the in the Senate and people are calling out against me or in the media when people are calling out i look upon what i'm saying relative to what i know yeah and am i being truthful to myself and every speech in parliament that i've ever given uh, more uh, apart from the two minute ones that are rushed every speech i've started with the words as a servant to the people of queensland and australia because that's my role yeah yeah and pauline starts with uh everything she does is about what's in australia's national interest yeah so we don't have to walk two sides of the fence. We're just cut and dried. So it's very, very easy for me, Frankie, to just say what I think, say what I feel, and mean it. Yeah. Um, and that's eventually what comes through. You, you know yourself, you're in the media. Um, if people are bullshitting you, you can pick it up. If people are selling you a line, you can pick it up. And what I've found is that we, we give off vibes when we, when we talk. Our, our organs vibrate at certain frequencies. Our body vibrates at a certain frequency. And what comes into, into your mind is my words. What comes into your gut, and I mean this literally, yeah. and what comes into your heart are vibrations. And you can tell it from my voice. You can tell it whether I'm relaxed, whether I'm excited. We all know this. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can walk into a, into a room after a married couple has just had a fight, and you can feel the fight. You can feel that energy it might be in all there. lovey-dovey. Yeah, and, and so that's what's important, to just be sincere uh, and, and to just let it out there as it goes. So I found that extremely important in everything I've done. I've I've watched some of your um, most recent speeches, and obviously I follow you on social media. And obviously, how passionate you are standing there and and, and saying that you don't agree with with what is going on in, in 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 the mainstream narrative. Now, from my personal point of view, I operate as a human being on on what I see with my own eyes and 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 experience in my own life. And when I turn on the news. I'm being told that there's a pandemic happening in Australia. However, when I look outside my window and I walk outside my home, I 
can't I don't feel that there is a pandemic happening in Australia that's not that's not that's my personal opinion and I just wanted to get your personal opinion on that from your point of view because I just I there is there is a a big narrative at play here and I'm, I'm not sure that most young Australians and most Australians in general and most people that live here as citizens that have been that have been granted citizenship like myself that have, that have emigrated here for a better life agree with 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 a lot of what's going on in the world there is a virus but there's no pandemic there is a virus and it can kill some people Frankie yeah. and by the way can you hear me properly or yeah yeah, yeah I can I can hear you yeah I can just hear. tried a new microphone and I've plugging straight into that so i couldn't hear you very well i took it out that's because these things aren't working so yeah yeah so long as it's okay that that's fine um the virus is not the problem frankie yeah the problem is the government's mismanagement of the virus and the government's um the government's restrictions the virus can be managed quite easily taiwan has showed us that uh, other countries are showing us that we are completely being mismanaged and I know you like a positive approach, but I can't say that any other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are being completely mismanaged. We are being conned. Um, we are now undergoing the biggest wealth transfer from taxpayers to corporate big pharma ever in this country's history. We are vaccinating people with something that is not proven. It's been given provisional approval, which means it hasn't been fully tested. There are people dying in the thousands in the United States from these vaccines. Meanwhile, there's a proven drug that is safe, effective and proven overseas and it's been with us for 60 years but it's now proven with COVID that the government won't use. And if, if we use that, we would end this lockdown. We would end the whole virus immediately. That's happening in, in overseas. So it is a scam. Um, there is a threat there, but it's being poorly managed. It's being used to incite fear because fear is what politicians use to control people. That's it. End of story. Yeah, I, I I would agree with with the with the, with the fear with the fear point. I think there's, there's a few points we can go into there. I think the 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 the, the, the key the key thing that we can obviously distill um, throughout this is like what evidence can you provide the audience in terms of the fact of like this transfer of wealth into big pharma and stuff like that? Like what 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 insights can you give us into that and how that's happening and playing out and the and the role in that so so people can understand it more in depth because it's 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 almost like it it I understand it because I can kind of see where you're coming from. But I want I really want people to, to, to understand the nuts and the bolts behind under the hoods, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, and that's, that's important because I tend to get very focused. I'm a very focused person. Um, and so, so the very first single-day session, session in Parliament uh, on this virus was Monday the 23rd of March. I'll always remember that. And then we had another single-day session Wednesday the 8th of April. And we said, look, to the government, in the Senate, I said, we can see tens of thousands of people reportedly dying in Italy, France, Spain, China, etc. So there's something up, something big. So therefore, it's like being in a war. We're under threat. So we'll give you all the powers you want. Get on with the job. But we expect you to come back to us with the data and then to build a plan based on that data. And then we will hold you accountable. Government has never come back to us with the data. Right. I extracted the data in Senate estimates questionings of the chief medical officer and the secretary of the Department of Health. And I asked them to send me the characteristics of the virus in terms of its transmissibility and its severity. 
And they put it on a diagram, and I asked them to show me relative to past flus and SARS and MERS and Spanish flu, etc. The transmissibility or the contagiousness of this virus is high. Yeah. Just like many flus and colds. The severity is low to moderate. That's the chief medical officer's own diagram. Much lower than some past flus. And so we've got this going on. Now, we also know that it can kill some groups. It can kill obese people, people with compromised immune systems, comorbidities, and some of the elderly, just like some flus. Yeah. And so what we, what we do know is that the way to manage a virus, and, and I can go into this in detail in a minute if you like, yeah, I sure identified, uh, this was in March and April, I identified with the chief medical officer March this year, and, and sorry, March and May this year, seven strategies for managing a virus, a proper plan. And they said, we agree. All of those are needed in a proper virus management plan. I said, is there anything there that shouldn't be there? No, they're all needed. Is there anything I've missed? No, you've got it all. The federal government is focusing on one and doing a terrible job of it. The, the state governments are focusing on one and doing a lousy job of it and destroying people's health. In my mind, Frankie, the most important thing is health, freedom, and then government accountability. We have handed power to governments, yep. so therefore we should hold them accountable. It's not a right to govern. It's a responsibility and a duty to be responsible to the people, and that's what's missing. And so what's happening is so the three things I've mentioned, health is being compromised very, very severely, and future health will be severely compromised as a result of what's going on. Freedoms are being destroyed because that's the real agenda. And the third one is government accountability is extremely low state and federal governments. We know that the federal government is not enacting the plan that the chief medical officer or the strategies the chief medical officer has approved, confirmed from, with mine. And we know that the state governments are not doing it. They're not even aware of it. I've written to the Premier and the Prime Minister twice now. I gave up. They'll be getting some more letters from me in the very near future because we've got the data. But I've asked them for the data. They've given me bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. That's the way they're treating people's lives. And then they're inciting fear to win elections. They're inciting fear to win headlines. Um, now, so I want to make it very clear. There is a virus. It can kill people just like the flu. Yeah. But this virus is not being managed. It's being replaced by fear. And then that's being used to withhold freedoms from people. And any time you have to get permission from a government to do something, you're not free, you're beholden to the government. That's what we're saying. This is, this, is, this is one of the things that I've found because obviously my family are predominantly living in the UK and I would love to go back and visit my family. But now, I, now as far as I'm aware, and you tell me if I'm wrong, um, I have to apply to the government, to, as, even as a British citizen and an Australian citizen, I have to apply to the government to leave and I have to pay a fortune for doing it, and I have to be vaccinated now, apparently. Is, I, I, is, that, is that the truth, or, is, or have I got that wrong? The government is... is uh, you do have to apply to leave. The government is, is uh, stopping people from leaving, as I understand it. Um, I don't know that you have to be vaccinated yet, but that's what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of things they're doing are to get you vaccinated. And I think it's immoral, it's unethical... Um, there is a range of, of, of attitudes towards vaccines. There's what I call the vaccine compliant. Stick it in me quick, I need it. 
Yeah. There's the vaccine reluctant. Oh, all right, put it in. I'll, I'll take it. I don't really want it, but I'll take it. Then there's the vaccine hesitant, people questioning it and hesitating to get vaccinated. Then there's the vaccine resistant who just don't want it, but they can see that maybe they'll have to make the choice to get it. Then there's the vaccine opponents. Yeah. So I'm vaccine hesitant. But what I'm trying to say is that all the way through that spectrum, yeah. you can be anywhere. And I'm not going to criticize you if you're vaccine compliant and want the jab straight away. I'm not going to criticize you if you're a vaccine opponent. Yeah. I'm going to acknowledge you and respect your views. Yeah. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to get the data and I'm going to make up my own mind about the vaccine. I'm not having it. That's it. Full stop. I've done my research. I'm not having this. The vaccine efficacy, the effectiveness of these vaccines is already under 40% within a couple of months of the, of the jab. Pfizer itself has admitted that. The Israeli Health Department, Israel has the largest vaccinated percentage in the world, largest vaccinated proportion in the world by far. And it is knowing, it is seeing an alarming drop off in vaccine efficacy. We know that the vaccine has severe side effects with some people. We know that they can be, they can cause death. 10, over 10,000 people have died in, in America. 4,000 people have had, um, what is it, when your face... Um, face yeah, your, fa your face freezes and drops one yeah. side to the other, yeah. yeah. Slumps. Uh, we know that there have been over 1,000 uh, miscarriages attributed to it. We know that this is affecting people. But what's causing the vaccine hesitancy is not me talking openly about the facts. What's causing the vaccine hesitancy is the government contradicting itself. Yeah. We said, we heard it first... You shouldn't take this vaccine, and AstraZeneca vaccine, that's the other one going around. You shouldn't take this vaccine if you're under oh, 60. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. we heard under 50. Now we've got the Queensland Chief Health Officer saying, not if you're under 40. But the federal government, meanwhile, is shoving it into everyone. So what the hell is going on? And then we've got threats of vaccine prisons. I don't call them vaccine passports. I call them vaccine prisons because they're not here to, to give you a passport. They're here to keep you imprisoned unless you take the vaccine, yeah. which is immoral and unethical. And the federal government can't do it in our constitution. And we've now got Pfizer uh, applying, openly stating that it's applying to the Food and Drug Administration in America for approval to give a third vaccine shot to people because it's so lacking in potency after a couple of months. So what we've got also then, Frankie, to give you the data around Pfizer, we know that the last three months, the last quarter, Pfizer took in $18.9 billion. That's more than $6 billion a month in sales. We know that from the Wall Street Journal, which is a highly reputable paper, that based upon their margins, they're saying that in the last three months, Pfizer made a profit, a profit of $4 billion. We also know from the European Health Agency that Pfizer... Um, the Pfizer drug causes myocarditis, a heart problem. We also know that Pfizer produces a new drug that was approved by the, by the Therapeutic Goods Administration in this country, I think about 12, 18 months ago, for treating myocarditis. So we've got Pfizer making a shitload of money out of vaccine that injures people and then making a shitload of money out of curing them. Am I, am, I right, am I right in thinking then at this point that Pfizer... AstraZeneca and all, and all these and all these vaccine companies, um, they they have um, a waiver signed to say that if someone dies from taking this vaccine, that they that they are um, not 
not not touched in, from a legal standpoint. Am I right in thinking that? Is that is that? That's my understanding too, Frankie. Yeah. Um, I haven't confirmed that directly with the prime minister or health official, but that's my understanding. And it, it is certainly understanding, uh, certainly clear from other countries that that is the case. Um, so you've got to then say, well, why will these vaccine manufacturers refuse to stand behind their product? What are they selling? Yeah. So, so the, the thing that the thing that concerns me, and I think I think the thing that the kind of thing that I'm understanding when I speak to a lot of Australians that have businesses that do all a range of stuff, young, old, everyone in between, it's like if if if. They're, they're, they're being told that if they want if they want to open their business they've got to be vaccinated if they want to do if they want to do this they've got to be vaccinated if they want to do that if they want to go from one state to another they've got to be vaccinated but the narrative that they're seeing in the world is that that they're not they're not in a pandemic like because what we're we're basically saying australia is one big clinical trial that's that's that where, where that's basically what what the, what the government are doing right now here because you, you can't there's not enough cases to warrant the the aggressiveness in the vaccine rollout there's not enough cases for that even now like i, th- I think the other day it was like six, 600 cases in sydney or something like that 600 600 cases in a country of 24 26 million or whatever people is nothing well you used the correct word you said we're in a clinical trial um that the health minister greg hunt is on record saying recently, we are in, this is a direct quote, we are engaged in the world's largest clinical vaccination trial. I'm not a lab rat, Frankie. Yeah. And you're not a lab rat. Why the hell should we be tested this way? Why should we be part of a clinical trial? These vaccines are provisionally approved. They're not approved. They're provisionally approved because they haven't done all the testing. The testing, as I understand it, the, 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 record, the approval depends upon testing that the manufacturers have done overseas and then they've submitted some paperwork to the Australian Therapeutic Goods Administration. They have not conducted tests on rats for impact on the female reproduction system. They can have many generations in rats in a very short period of time because rats have you know, very short maturity yeah. and start reproducing. They haven't done that. They haven't done the trials to, to show what, what, what uh, impact on fetuses. They haven't done the trials to show what impact on the next generation. They haven't done the trials to show what happens in the, as, as the rat matures in, that, in, in, in the generation that's been injected. They haven't done these trials. And that's yeah. why we can't be certain about what's going on. And yet, Frankie, you've heard of ivermectin. Um, ivermectin was... Uh, has been with us now around the world for 60 years almost. Can you, can you break uh, down what ivermectin is for me so that, so, and for the sure. audience? Because actually I've heard of it, but I don't actually know what it is, what it was invented for and, and what, it was, what it was initially for in the first place. Right. So before I go into ivermectin, I'll do that for you for sure. Before I go into that, so we have now got federal governments around the world injecting people with something that could kill them, injecting healthy people with something that could kill them. Let me make it very clear. I am strongly supportive of and in favour of using drugs, medicines that have been tested and proven safe, effective and preferably affordable. Yeah. I'm strongly in favour of that. I am totally opposed to the use of untested drugs or inadequately tested drugs, especially when their use is forced upon people at the threat of those people losing their livelihood. That is immoral, it's unethical, it's inhuman. Now, 
Ivermectin has been, is, is a drug. It was made by Merck. I think it's off patent now. But it was first released about 60 years ago. It's used for treating parasites and, and various conditions, scabies and, and other things. Yeah. It's been used in 3.7 billion doses around the world. So there's a lot of data on this drug. Yes. And we know that it is safe. There may be some side effects with mild uh, headaches. That's about it. But we know that it's safe. Its use is safe. Now, there is – so it's, it's, it's safe, it's uh, effective, and it's affordable on those other conditions. So what about, what about COVID then, some people say? Well, that's, that's a good question. So what happens is they've been trialling it in other countries, in some states in India, in Argentina, in other South American countries, in some small European countries, in Asian countries. And they've found that this ivermectin, you just pop two tablets and it's gone. The virus is gone. Two tablets. And that's, a, that's fairly, fairly cheap. So what they've also found is that it stops transmission because it knocks the virus on its ass straight away. Right. So, whereas the vaccines do not prevent transmission and do not, if, if I take a vaccine, I can still give the virus to you. Yeah, I, right? that, that's, that's the way I understood it. That's why I couldn't understand what the point is in, in me, a young man who's, 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 who's done boxing since he was a young kid and, and been out, <laughs> been out running and, and, and trained half his life. Why, 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 when I've never drank, I've never smoked, I've never took drugs, why would I go out and, and get injected with this substance? I don't know what it is. Um, just, just, just on the, just on the blind trust that apparently, um, I've got to do this now, otherwise I can't see my family in England. Otherwise, I cannot go and see my friend in New South Wales. Like right. to cross the border right now, I've got to have a vaccine. Like, so, so, if if something is forced on you, we have to question why. If it was so good, I'd be lining up to get the damn thing. But I'm not going to get anyone to come near me with that damn vaccine. But I will take ivermectin. In fact, when I came back from India, I'd worked as a consultant in India for a little while. I came back with a condition. I took ivermectin because it was approved in this country in 2013 for use with various uh, ailments. I used ivermectin, didn't miss a beat, cured what I had immediately, and, and that was fine. I, I, I didn't have any side effects at all. But now the Therapeutic Goods Administration sent me a threatening letter because I dared talk about it in public for use with COVID, even though I know there are now more than 40 papers, scientific medical papers, saying that its use is proven with COVID. I know that Indian states, like I think it's Uttar Pradesh, has, has fixed COVID just by using it. I know that Argentina has prevented its use. So here am I thinking, I'll get uh, ivermectin. So I, I contacted a couple of doctors and got ivermectin. Why the hell shouldn't you get ivermectin? You could take ivermectin and get on a plane to London, have no problems at all, and come back. You could get pop ivermectin before you came back to Australia, and it'd be gone even if you had it when you got on the plane. It'd be gone because it works so damn quickly and so strongly. So I also asked questions in Senate estimates of the chief medical officer, the chief, um, the secretary of the Department of Health, and the Therapeutic Goods Administration head. So I asked these questions about the vaccine. Can you guarantee 100% safety? No, we can't. Can you tell me the dosage needed? No, we can't. Can you tell me how many needles we'll need? Two, three, four? No, we can't. Can you tell me the interval? No, we can't. Can you tell me if we'll have to have ongoing lockdowns? Will it end lockdowns? No, we can't tell you. 
Will it end the use of restrictions like masks? No, we don't know. What the hell do they know? Yeah. I mean, they're advocating injecting this toxin into our bodies. And now we're finding out, as I said a minute ago, that, that the, it doesn't stop transmission. And, it, and it's supposed to minimize your chances of dying if you get COVID. Well, it may do that. So that's your choice. If you, if you believe that, take it. If you don't, but don't blame me for not having a, uh, an injection of it because I can't affect the transmissibility of it because even if I take the injection, I can still transmit it. Ivermectin kills it dead. This is the thing that, um, that I don't like about the whole situation. And I'm not, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not pro-vax. I, I, I'm, neither, I'm, I'm not fussed either. I just, wanna, I just want the freedom of choice for for the people of australia for, for the people around the world that listen to this podcast i just want the freedom of choice like if you want to get the vaccine that i'm fine with that i'm cool with that if you don't want to get it i'm cool with that too but the fact that the fact that there's there's forced measures and you're told as a human being that if you don't get the vaccine you could be harming your family well no, no i couldn't because even if i got the vaccine i can still give my family the virus so that's not true is it so that's, that's a, that, a lie. so that's that 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 just proves that's a lie right that you've not given me, you've not given me as a government enough data to to to, to make me feel comfortable, but to take the vaccine, you've not given me enough data. So as you're not giving me enough data as a human being, which I think I'm I'm rightfully deserve, you're saying to me, if you don't do it, you can't travel now. So 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 you're basically now as a as a government in this country, I'm basically being told like, well, if you want to see your family, if you want to go to the, to this this part of the country if you want to do this and do this and do this if you want to even exit the country you've got to do this and this and this and this if you want to come back into the country you've got to do this this and this so hold on a minute even if i got out of this country then and i was in england and i didn't have the vaccine at this point i've now got to be vaccinated to come back into the country but i've been a permanent i've been a permanent resident of the country for like six years it just it just it just does there's a lot that doesn't add up with it it's just so there's so much there's so much there's so much information between the lines here that is not being distilled to people. And the only reason people are operating on these spectrums where they're like, I've got to get the vaccine is because they're in fear. They've not done the, the, the research necessary to be able to, to be able to understand it. Cause if I asked anyone that I know that's vaccinated, I, I did this morning in the petrol station, the guy in the petrol station is vaccinated. I, he said, how do you feel? I felt, he says, I felt terrible for three days after this thing. I went, I went, all right. I said, I said, why did you get the vaccination? He said, oh, because it just kept going on and on and on and on about it. I'm like, I'm like you do understand that's no reason to get the vaccine. Like that, 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 that. He's like, I just want this to be over. And that's, people are so, pe- people, people are so um, over this, this constant negativity in the news and everything else and this narrative that's being played out that they're just getting it for the sake of getting it. But that's not really, that's not really, as a human being, that's not really what you should do. That's like me saying, "Oh, I'm going to go take, I'm um, going to go take ketamine because you know I just heard that it was a great idea." You know what I mean? From from my mate at a festival, like it's just you need more. Inf- give me some, give me some more information than that before I go put that in my body. You know, I need to know about it, and I just don't, I just don't, agree, I don't agree with the stress. Here's here's one for you that I'll, that I'd like you to go further in depth on. I have friends that are nurses a lot of friends that are nurses right they're all being force vaccinated right because they're told they cannot finish their placement without it i 
my, my, one of my one of my good girlfriends the other day rang me in tears because she's been vaccinated and she's worried about fertility and all this kind of stuff. And and she should be. Yeah, of of course she should be. But like th- that that that's that's. But why should she be? That's that's what that's 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 my point. It's like what what can what can people do to to in terms of like stopping this? Because this see what how can they defend themselves against what is happening? Because it it it, it just seems like people feel like they have no hope. Yeah, exactly. So what people can do, there's a range of things people can do. Um, As you were talking in the early part of of what you just said then, I was starting to get very emotional because um, since then you you made some lovely comments and I started smiling and and they've, they've gone. But Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, recently made an edict saying that you will need a digital prison, that's my word for digital passport, a vaccine passport, yep. a vaccine prison to show proof before you, that you've had the vaccine before you can go into a supermarket. The French got out in the hundreds of thousands in the streets and protested. Frankie, people don't realise that's taking away your food. Yeah. That's how far these bastards will go. There's no morality to it. Now, some people have advocated the same in this country, decent, reasonable people. And it's very easy to slip into that space because the Germans, I I like Germans. They're they're very direct. uh, Throughout history, they've been pretty damn good. But it didn't take much before Germans started murdering their brothers in Germany in the 1930s. It didn't take much at all. And there was a slow slide into that. And what we're seeing now is a, is a really serious series of events in this country. We're seeing the, cl- the classical propaganda techniques. Vaxxer, anti-vaxxer. Us versus them. Yeah. Exclude anything else. Yeah. Anti-vaxxers, which is crap. Yeah. We have very few anti-vaxxers. Yeah. But anti-vaxxers are causing those who, are vaccine, who have been vaccinated to be threatened yeah. with death. Bullshit. And and and, and 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 the thing the thing is that when you when you ask questions that go beyond the narrative that's being played, you you're made to seem like you're anti-vaccinations, which which like I say, I'm not anti-vaccinations. I was vaccinated for lots of things in my life from my childhood. Same but what, what 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 do you know what I mean? Once 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 you get to a certain age, you've been vaccinated against many things in life, but ultimately. You're not. It doesn't mean you're you're an anti-vaxxer uh, no. by any stretch. It it just it just means, hey, look, I understand that there's this thing going on. I understand that there's this virus, and I understand that it's contagious. And I and I, obviously I want to protect myself as much as possible. But I just want more information um, on, on this so that I can make an educated decision on whether I'd like to take it or not. Now, it's whether informed I, consent. Well, yeah, informed consent. So, where, if if I do des- if I do decide to take it. That's fine. And if I don't decide to take it, that should be fine too. Because me, whether I take it or not shouldn't, shouldn't mean that it stops anyone or, 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 or from, from getting ill. I, like, I shouldn't, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be about – ma- the narrative has been made that if I don't get vaccinated, I'm hurting other Australians. I'm hurting other people in the world. And that just isn't the truth. It's, it's a blatant lie because we know that, that the health authorities have admitted it, that if you're vaccinated, you can still transmit the virus. 
So there's no point. So you can do it for other people, but you can't do it for other people because you can't, you're still, still transmitting it. So coming back to your question, so that, that's a blatant lie, as you've pointed out. So coming back to your question, what can people do? First of all, we have to empathise because, and, and that, that sounds insignificant, but it's really important to empathise with these people's feelings. We, when we, the Prime Minister himself said a couple of months ago, maybe even just a month ago, we will never force vaccination. Then he came out a couple of weeks ago and said, we will force vaccinations on those in aged care facilities, staff in aged care facilities, workers in aged care. Completely broken his promise. But you'll notice that the federal constitution prevents federal government from administering a, uh, a medication on people. The federal government can't do it. The, the federal government was relying upon the states to do it. Right, so, but, so, so, so they, they've put the pressure on the states to, to, to go against the constitution. Is that what you're saying? Well, the federal government can't do it because it breaches the constitution. But the state governments can do it because the constitution federally doesn't affect the state governments unless there's a, a specific if, – if there's a federal legislation and it contradicts the state legislation, the federal legislation wins. But there's no legislation in the states. But there is the constitution, which is our governing body, excuse me, which controls the federal government only and says you can't do it. So the federal government has to go through the states. That's the first thing. By the way, the federal government uh, must give just terms compensation when it resumes someone's lands or interferes with your right to use your property, okay? Right. It stole farmers' property rights in 1996 through to about 2018. Over those, what's that, 22 years, it stole farmers' property rights, never, never gave compensation, as it must under the Constitution, because it got the states to do it. So the states stole farmers' property rights. States don't have to pay compensation. So there's hundreds of billions of dollars at stake here. This, the, the federal government has form, and I'm not talking about Morrison's government. I'm talking about federal government out of federal parliament. Labor, liberal, nationals, they've all done these things. So when, when Morrison broke his promise and said we will be um, requiring aged care workers to get the jab, get the injection, we then put up a post on our Facebook page and said, if you've got concerns with this, we knew they would have, the, yeah. the aged care workers, call us. And Frankie, the people who called, the phones just almost melted down in our office. We had our staff crying, listening to people tell us, tell us their stories. We've had dedicated aged care workers saying, this means that I'll have to resign in September when the deadline is. And yeah. these staff were crying, not because they were upset about themselves. They were concerned about leaving and upset about leaving the people that they've been caring for for years, built solid relationships. I mean, that's the level of care because what I've seen, and we maybe can talk about this later, is that humans have a huge amount of care for fellow humans. It's a wonderful thing about us. But so, our, uh, so we just took down our Facebook post straight away because we just couldn't cope. My staff were upset. Um, and we just couldn't cope with the volume. So next day we put it back up and said, can you send us emails about your predicament? So we then got hundreds of emails and well, thousands, I think, but we've now had a volunteer come in and take out the, the, the redact the names of people and any identifiers, and we're putting them together to, to send to the prime minister. Because this is not just one or two. 
This is thousands of aged care workers who are in this predicament. They should never have been put in a predicament where they've got to choose between their health and getting a jab. Yeah. They don't like this. We've, we know of pregnant, um, pregnant mothers who are managing healthcare, uh, aged care facilities who are saying, I can't get this because I don't know what it'll do to my kid. I can't get this because I, I'm going to have to leave and leave my, my um, patients, my residents, in, in someone else's care. We could see a frightening uh, result here because many people will leave the aged care facilities. The aged care workers are generally downtrodden anyway. They're not paid very much and they're kicked around quite a bit. So they're already a vulnerable group. What we're doing is we're, I can't tell you everything we've got in it, but we're putting together a, a, an aid kit for responding to this damn, I was going to say the virus, responding to the government's restrictions around the virus, state and federal. One of those things is we've drafted a letter. We've had it checked by a barrister. And the letter basically says, sorry, the, the instructions for the letter says, if you want to outright refuse, go ahead. But we suggest a better way. We suggest, Frankie, that you write to your employer saying, I am willing to take the vaccine Providing you first assure me that you will hold me indemnified, you will compensate me if I have any um, serious reaction or I die. You will give me the list of, of, of uh, ingredients in the vaccine. You will guarantee that uh, you are not putting any coercion on me. There are a list of several things going down there. So what we're trying to say to people is you can fight it if you want, go ahead. You can just resign, go ahead. Or you can send them a letter saying, I will take the jab once you fulfill these conditions. And I don't think there'll be too many employers who will be willing to put those, fulfill those conditions. In other words, the employer will then say, shit, I can't sack them because they're willing to take it, but I can't give them the conditions. So just leave them alone. So we actually got that idea from England. But there are other things we're doing. The other thing you can do is, is, um, as a voter is you can contact your local member of parliament you can contact the senator for your state and give them an earful. Give them a, a mouthful in your, in your uh, email. Give them a letter, a written letter. Emails just come, come in and go. Many of the officers in uh, the other uh, MPs' offices, they don't pay any attention other than the volume of emails. But if you send them a written letter in the post, that re really connects with them. So stand up and speak out. The, the second, uh, third thing you can do is you can talk among your friends. You can talk among your families and just speak up. Because that's what, that's what the intent behind this division is, to shut you down. If you talk about um, the, the vaccine as I have, you're labelled an anti-vaxxer. I'm not opposed to vaccines. Yep. That's your choice. Yep. But they're, they're only giving us names because they can't match my facts. And the, the last thing you can do, remember this, is next election, vote for a change of parliament. Don't vote for Labour or Liberal or National Party yep. because you're going to get the same policies no matter what. They're, they're already the same. Vote for a minor party so that you can get a change in parliament because we need more minor parties in the parliament so that we can hold the government accountable for what it's doing. Because Labor and Liberal don't hold each other accountable. They go through the games, but Labor's policies are the same as Liberal Party's policies. So stand up. The reason we're in this mess of governance, Frankie, is because voters have been too complicit. Yeah. We voters have to stand up and exercise their right. The sovereign in this country... Unlike Britain, where it's the Queen, the sovereign in this country is the citizen. You as a citizen of Australia, me as a citizen of Australia, we're the only people who can change our governing document, which is the Constitution. 
How we much are, weight does we the are, Constitution we are, we are, actually uh, hold then? Sorry? How much weight does the Constitution in Australia actually hold for the people? Very good question. The Constitution is valid. Um, there are some people running around saying it's, it's a different Constitution. That's, that's rubbish. But the Constitution is not always complied with. And both the Labor Party and the Liberal Party, Parliament again, mm. over the last 80 years, have watered it down in places, breached it in places, and they don't abide by it. What we've been trying to do is get them back to abide by the Constitution. The Constitution is a very, very effective Constitution. Our money supply, um, so many other things are, are looked over by the Constitution. And ours is, is a combination of the American Constitution, which was a wonderful Constitution, and the British parliamentary system. It, ours is a very, very effective system. It's only effective, though, if the members of Parliament are honest, strong and informed. And they're anything but that. What happens in, in the way, way the Parliament run at the moment, Frankie, we have the Labor Party and the Liberal National Party. They don't speak up. We've got, we've got a few good people in the Labor Party. We've got a few good people in the National, in the National Liberal Party. But they're dictated to on their positions on what they say and what they do and how they vote. I know of a number of good Labor people, good Liberal National people, who don't believe what's going on. They yeah. don't agree with it. Sorry, yeah. they believe it. They don't agree with it. They want to do the opposite, but they're told, if you dare go against this and vote against it, you won't be pre-selected. You'll lose your position in Parliament. So that's what happens. Last week, uh, sorry. Is there, is, is, is there any, is, has there been any like evidence of this happening other than, other than people saying it and hearsay? Or is there any, as, is there any firm evidence of that happening in Parliament as in like people's, people are getting their wrists bent up their back and so, saying to vote for certain things to make yeah. certain things go through? Yeah. The, 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 the MPs will tell you. Um, last week, uh, remember George Christensen is the member for Dawson, the seat in central Queensland in the lower house, the House of Reps. He dared to say the truth, which is that lockdowns are not effective, and I'm happy to go into that too if you want. Lockdowns are not effective, and they're hurting people, not just hurting the economy, frankly, but hurting people's health. Um, masks are bullshit Yeah, well, in, in most circumstances. Well, and, he, and he also said, what was the third, the, the third point that he said? He came out and said those words in a very simple, factual statement. He was condemned by his own party, the, the Prime Minister, who jumped in because he was afraid of the headlines. And then the next day in the Senate, the Labor Party moved a motion condemning George Christensen and, and uh, anybody who speaks up against it. Now, there were four of us who backed George, me, one senator from Tasmania and, one from, and two from, uh, sorry, one from Queensland and one from the Northern Territory, four people. Out of 76, sorry, Pauline Hanson, was, she was remote. She also joined us. That was five. Out of 76 politicians, five of us voted to uphold the right for George to represent what his constituents say yep. and the right to speak freely. That's dem democratic. And yet we had the Liberal, Labor and Nationals ganging up to suppress their own member of parliament. That's, that's not dem democratic. That's the end of our parliament. That's yeah. what people have to realise. And that's what you need to do. Um, as a voter, you need to get out and exercise your vote and say to hell with the Labour Party, to hell with the Liberal Party, hell with the Nationals. I, 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 just, I just find it hard to know who to vote for in, in, in the essence that it's, 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 every, everything's all smoke and mirrors. Like no, 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 nobody, you got it. nobody knows 
you, you have a policy to get elected and then you change the policy when, 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 when you're duly elected. So we, we don't, but most people do. You're right. Yeah. And it, it's kind of, it's kind of like young, younger people are like, I'll just take the fine. I just won't vote at all. I'll take the fine. Because because they'd rather take the fine than de- than than deal with the negativity that's involved in, in that seems to be around voting, and they just they, they see they seem they feel powerless. I I speak to people all the time, and it's like they're just so over this this constant lockdown. Let's talk about these lockdowns because we we touched upon it. Can, can I just jump in there for a minute, yeah. please? Um, because when voters do that, and they either don't vote. Yeah. Or they just walk into the ballot paper and write a, a, a cock and some balls on it, you know, or, or swear words <laughs> on it. I mean, this is what happens when I've yeah, scrutineered, yeah. and that's, that's what happens. We can feel their frustration, but what they're doing is they're contributing to this continuing. Yeah. Because the beneficiaries of you not thinking, of, of a voter not thinking and casting a deliberate ballot for the betterment of the country is that these two parties keep going. Yeah. And so, I mean, taxation system. If you want it changed, and it has to be changed, then get a different parliament in. Well, I'm not saying burn down the building. I'm saying change the people who are in the damn building. If you want to change the um, policies for health, change the people who are controlling the policies. So you want to talk about lockdowns? Yeah, well, I, I just, I just, I mean, I want to talk. I want to talk about taxation as well. To be fair. <laughs> Because, because honestly, the, the 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 tax man in this country is. He, he, let's just talk about that quickly, right? If the if the taxes were lowered to be in more like Singapore and, and operating more of a Singapore way in Australia, that you'd have more jobs, you'd have more enterprise, you'd do more business, they'd collect more taxes just by reducing the rate and the operating. It'd be better for the it'd be better for the employees, it'd be better for the employers, it'd be better for the government. The government would make more money. It'd be better for everybody. That's just that's just my opinion on the taxes. We'll leave that there. I'm sure you probably have. I a agree. Di- you, oh, good. Right. I'm glad. I'm glad we got that covered. Because you want to go into that? We, yeah. Let's go into it. Like. Don't, okay. Do, 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 do you not? Do you not? Do you not see how effective the 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 Singapore the Singapore system is in in terms of in in terms of taxation, and and why and why as a country they're like one of the only countries in the world that have got a positive GDP and all that kind of stuff going on like trillions of dollars we're talking about here. Because uh, uh, because they just they just they put business first and enterprise first and they and 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 when you when you go to 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 Singapore the guy the toilet attendants wearing a Rolex that's that's how good the system is <laughs> that's how good the system is I've been to Singapore airport I fly through there all the time when the toilet attendant is wearing a Rolex you know that your taxation system's working like do you know what I'm saying so the the most dangerous building in the country. And when I talk about that, I mean the people in the building. Yeah. I've said this many times. The most dangerous building in the country, Frankie, is Australia's federal parliament house in Canberra. The most dangerous and destructive political force in the country is the Australian Greens. I'm happy to go into that and explain that. I've got the data behind that. The most dangerous system and destructive system in the country is the Australian taxation system. President John F. Kennedy in the United States in 1960, when he came into power, reduced the rate of tax. The tax revenue increased because people said it's not worth avoiding. That's of course, exactly of course. what you just said. Of course. Now, here are, some, here are some basic facts in Australia. The first is that, and these come from uh, Jim Cullally in 1996 and in 2010. At the, that time, he was the Deputy Commissioner of the Australian Taxation Office in charge of 
foreign companies and large companies and international matters. That's right. He retired about early 2016. Anyway, he said 90% of Australia's large companies are foreign-owned and since 1953 have paid little or no tax. Yeah, they're shell companies. They operate through shell companies. These they operate through Australian shell companies, but these are large multinationals. They've paid little or no company tax. So in Japan, the figure is about two and a half percent of the large companies are foreign owned. In America and Britain, it's around about twelve and a half percent, ninety percent in this country. Excuse me. So then the next thing to look at is okay. These figures, I haven't been able to track them down. They're from a very reliable friend. They came reportedly from Parliament, one of Parliament's agencies, in the late 90s, early 2000s. A person earning the average income back then, and it would be even worse now, is paying, and the average income today is about $80,000 a year. A person earning that income pays about 68% of that income to governments in the form of rates, levies, taxes, fees, special taxes, special charges. Yep. 68%. That means, Frankie, that you're working from Monday morning till mid-morning Thursday to pay for government. We've been told this bullshit ever since we were young that the largest purchase of our life is our house. That's rubbish. No, the largest, the largest purchase, purchase is tax. Of our house is government. Is government. Mm. Now, the... the Federal Treasurer in about 2015, Joe Hockey, he said that that a typical person in Australia works from January to June to pay taxes and from July to to December lives off what's left. So even he's admitting that 50%, but it's even worse. It's around 68%. The cost of a loaf of bread is about 50% tax by the time you do all the figures. The cost of a typical house is about 50% tax. The The cost of fuel is about 70% tax, which means that the average, the effective tax rate on a house is 100%. The effective tax rate on a loaf of bread is 100%. The effective tax rate on petrol is about, or diesel, is about 230%. The, the, Meanwhile, multinationals are getting away with paying nothing, and both the Liberal Party that introduced that, that 1953 system that enables that to happen, and the Labor Party, which enabled the largest multinational companies in the world to, to take our natural gas, export it overseas, and not pay a cent, and never will pay a cent, the Labor Party enabled that legislation in the 1980s under Bob Hawke. You and I are getting stiffed, and the multinationals are not, not getting their share. Not, not paying their share. So what we need to do is to make sure our taxation system is comprehensively reformed to ease it on you. When, when you look at these things, Frankie, if, if you're a married couple, when I was growing up, mum stayed at home. In some cases, dad stayed at home and the mother worked. Whoever had the highest income worked, right? Yep. That's your choice. You can stay at home and look after the kids because that's the best way to raise kids. Now, these days, there's no damn choice. You've got to work. And, and so that's, that's wrong. If you want to work, fine, go and work. We have both, both couples working. But we've now got people working to pay the childcare costs. This is mm. bloody stupid. And, that, and our children are the, the biggest resource we have, and yet we're not looking after them properly. We're paying someone else to look after them. 
We should be looking after these people in our families. We should be taxing people so that they can live off one income and, and get all the things that they want off one income. This is immoral. Taxation system is destroying families. Taxation system is destroying investment. Taxation systems make it easy for foreign companies to come in here and rape the joint. Well, well, the, 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 truth, the truth of the matter, in my opinion, and you tell me if you agree with this, with a country as rich in natural resource <laughs> as Australia – one of the most richest countries in natural resources across all across all spectrums. Some, there's some countries out there, because of how rich they are in natural resources, they have zero tax or tax breaks on the citizens of that country because of the natural resources that the government has and exports, right? I don't understand why that's, why that's not here because... Australia to me is is a beautiful country. It's got so much so much diversity in coming coming in here. It could have so much. Uh, it could have a lot of tech cities. You could have a lot of 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 infrastructure, massive infrastructure here that creates thousands and thousands of jobs. You could increase immigration if you wanted to because you could bring in more talented people into into the country because you you just could. And and you could turn you could turn over way way more way more GDP than than you could double the GDP of this country with not much effort if you just if you just gave the tax breaks to just made a flat tax break across across the whole the whole country and all it's not a, I'm not I'm I I think it's your moral duty as a multinational to lower your tax rate so that you can add you can employ more people and and give more jobs but I also believe that. S- Small business should be able to lower their tax rate. Medium-sized businesses should be able to lower their tax rate, without having to, you know, have employ, you know, ten different accountants and and run shell company over here and all this. Without all that, without all that stuff that you have to do now to kind of to kind of lower your tax position. It's your moral right as a human being to pay as little tax as possible, um, because at the end of the day, when tax was created, tax was created levied by a king to go to war with someone else that's why taxes came in that yep. and everyone's like well what about the roads you you, 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 you the, they don't spend that much money on the roads like do you know what i'm saying that it's so much it's so much being sucked out by by bureaucracy through the back end of the government that no one sees that it's kind of i just kind of think they need to they need to clean it up massively you are 100% correct. Everything you just said is 100% correct. You covered about 10 points. Everything you said. The, the, we, we have got the world's best people. We have got, we used to have highly educated people. Our education system is being dumbed down now. It's atrocious. We've got people who are innovative, creative. We've got people who are energetic, being sapped now by welfare. But we, we've got the inherent people there with the ability and, and the basic education. We have got – we are now the world's largest exporters of energy between our coal and our natural gas. We are the largest – the country with the largest export of energy. We have got the largest uh, – we have got some of the best reserves of metals and minerals in the world. We have got a climate that is phenomenal. It grows produce 100 – 365 days of the year. We have got soils that are good. We've got so much water if we just managed it properly. Um, But the problem we have, Frankie, we've got the people, the resources, and we've got the potential. We've got Asian markets, the fastest growing markets in the world. Or on our doorstep. Yeah, yeah, on our doorstep. Mm. The problem we have is wombats running Canberra. We have got 
problem, and we've got a, a constitution that says minimal government from Canberra, maximum government from the states. Because then what happens, Frankie, is if South Australia comes up with a better way of taxing people, businesses and people move to South Australia, the economy grows. Yeah. If Queensland stuffs up its management of the economy, people leave Queensland. If Queensland stuffs, well, look at South Australia. If, if South Australia stuffs up its, its energy sector, which it has, yeah. people leave, and that's what's happened. Um, we had a case. So, so this is what, what's known as competitive federalism. Each of the states is a sovereign independent en- entity, and they are responsible for doing most of the management of services, health, education, uh, environment, um, everything. So that used to be the case, but now what's happened in the last 80 years, the federal government... Since 1943, the federal government has taken over many of those services. So whereas before we had the discipline and the accountability of states competing with each other, Mm. excuse me, and it wasn't ruthless competition, it was just competition for improving their their efficiency, we've now got one massive entity in the federal government controlling every damn thing. We've got the federal government now stealing taxation in 1943. We've got the federal government now having the money, but the state government's having the power. So the federal government says... Well, we'll give you this money if you spend it this way. So who's really running the states? It's now federal government, and there's no competition for the federal government. And then you've got people living under parties and taking, taking note, taking orders from, from, from uh, people, just one or two people in each party. So you've basically got no democracy anymore. So, so and do, then you've- do, you, do you know how much money has been printed in Australia in the last 12 months? No, I don't know. I can get it easily, but I, I don't keep everything in my head. And one I, of the things I, I, that- I, I'm, t- I'm telling I'm telling you now, at the rate of inflation in this country, that that's the tax that no one sees. Inflation, Correct. right? The, Good on the, you. This 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 is this is where they're getting you because you can't see inflation. You can't see it, but it, it in Australia, inflation is massive. You've only got to look at the housing market. People think the housing Correct. market is like it is in Queensland right now because people want to move from Melbourne and Sydney. That that is partly true, right? That that pushes things. But why the house prices are are going astronomical in the in these locations isn't just because of that. It's because when people have access to money so cheaply because because the money's worthless because they're printing it every day at an astronomical rate the asset prices come up because people want to put their cash into something because then because business people know that money is worth fuck all like your money is worth fuck all and if i leave my money in the bank it's going down in value i'm losing 20 percent a year just by leaving it in the bank probably more so i take my money and i invest in assets that pay me pay me pay me whether it's property, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's something else that pay me money, right? That's, that's what I do with my money because I can't leave it in the bank because it's not worth anything. And that's why a loaf of bread costs $8. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's why the house prices are doing what they're doing. It's got nothing to do with displacement of people. It's got nothing to do with COVID-19 driving house prices. Everyone tells you that. That's not the truth. The truth is inflation. Correct. And, and you know, you, you, you've probably heard of Ron Paul, the, the famous American senator. I've I heard the name. I don't know his narrative. Ron Paul um, is a doctor. He's the only member of Congress in the United States who, while he was a, a member of Congress, continued working as a doctor um, because he wanted to keep his hand in touch. Pauline and I go out into the community a lot uh, rather than stay in the office. That's the way we do it because it's so important. Now, Ron Paul 
self-educated as an economist, very sharp. He said that out of the 560 people, I think it's 560 congressmen, the average financial bill, treasury bill, uh, tax bill that comes through Congress lower house, probably five people understand because the others haven't got off their ass to learn it. Yeah. But he's very, very basic. He's gone in, he's the only one to hold the Federal Reserve Bank in America, which is privately owned, and, and that, that's very important. They control the, the um, uh, interest rate. They control the money supply. They're a business. They're a business. They're, They're a corporation. They're a privately owned corporation. 100% they are. 100%. Yep. And people are starting to wake up in America. Ron Paul wrote a book called End the Fed. It's a very easy-to-read book. It's simple. It's short. But Ron Paul, anything he says, you can bank it. He's very, very accurate. He comes up with facts all the time. Ron Paul said in that book, every major recession, including the Depression, every major recession since 1913, when the Federal Reserve Bank was formed, is directly due to the Federal Reserve Bank in America. Every major war since 1913 is due to the Federal Reserve Bank. And this is what they do. They lower interest rates. They get the amount of cash out there, which is what you've just been talking about. Mm. And people, because there's so much money, mm. they want to buy things with it. So yep. they drive up the asset prices. Yep. And then all of a sudden they pull the rug out from under you and dramatically raise interest, interest rates and people fall into a d depression and everything collapses. And guess who ends up with the assets? <laughs> you, you, the you know when they're repossessed that they end up with the banks and with, and with, and with, and with the businesses. Right. Uh, so, so if you want to come back to lockdown, so, so I mean, these are, the, these are fundamental things. And, and, and in this country and in the United States, the major policies are driven by large multinational corporations. Let me, let me just say something for the audience, Malcolm, because I want them to understand this. If you, underst if you understand the research inflation and then you can gain access to cheap money, you can actually use it to your benefit and make money out of cheap money if you're using it to your benefit. However, if you use cheap money the way that they, the way that they want you to use cheap money, if you use it that way, they not only will they own you, but that they will take that they they will they'll kick your ass further down the track. So you got to know you got to know how to you got to know how to one understand inflation and two know how to use the money that you can get from get this money at cheap rates you've got to know how to use it and invest it so that it pays you if you can't do that don't take this money because if you can't pay you every week forget about it forget about it. just leave it where it is because it's not worth your time don't go spending that stuff on a, on a new car and going all this crap that they tell you about that they tell you society wants you to get go and go and go and research it and then use it to buy assets that will pay you and then when they recall the money and they recall it before they offer you a higher rate which is what they're going to smack you with further down the track you can you can pay it back but you've still got the asset otherwise you're you're going to get annihilated and that's where people get it wrong in every recession in the history of mankind and that's why i just want to drop that in there I'm glad you did because that is outstanding advice that's exactly what should be happening to protect yourself every every person in australia should be doing that the, you know, I've said that I'm very positive about humanity. I'm very pro-human, fiercely pro-human. Um, humans are the only species in the world that knows if it's doing something to destroy the environment and then change our way. Humans are inherently caring. If we can find some evidence that, um, that we're hurting something or someone, we stop it, usually. But there's a very funny side to us humans. Because most of us are so trusting, 
we can become ruled by a few. Yeah. And those few um, are ego-driven. They're f- fundamentally lacking in confidence, and so they try to control because always beneath control. And what we're talking about here, Frankie, when you cut out all the stuff we've been... It's control. About, it's, contr- it's manipulation. Oh, 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 it's control. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. And always beneath control, there is fear. So these globalists who are pushing the global agenda, and there's no doubt there is one there. I, that's, that's one of See, the things so I've learned. Are, are you saying that this new world order... This agenda two hundred one, agenda twenty one, or whatever it is, are you saying that that is that is a thing? Yes, without a doubt, it's 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 been going on since sixteen ninety four with the formation of the Bank of England, and it's had various strategies, and, and we could go into that. It'd take a while, but there's no doubt that that's well, what's going on. Give me give me United a broad Nations give me a broad strokes overview of what you understand of it and how it's effect, and how it's being put into play right now. Okay, well, let's go back to basics. Most people won't, won't tell you this, but so what we have, remember, you, you, you're well read and you understand feudalism and how it worked. Basically, um, most of us back in those days, most people were serfs, peasants. We eked out a living on the, the, uh, the land that was owned by the lord of the manor. Is that yeah. what it's called? The yeah, lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... And, and he allowed us to keep... For our hard work, we'd walk, work from dawn till dusk. He allowed us to keep a meager amount of food because he didn't want to kill us. He didn't want us to starve because he used us, our labor. Yep. Right throughout history, we've had people rely upon slaves. We've exploited people because only some, because what happens is that if you can get the work off other people, you can live an easier life. You can live a wealthier life. Yep. Yep. Now, that all changed in the middle uh, of the 19th century, around 1850, with the Industrial Revolution, because all of a sudden, we had a middle class emerging. We had, we had people moving off the land and going to cities to, to, to jobs. We had technology burgeoning. Now, think about this, Frankie. A king or queen in 1800, the year 1800, would have lived a harder life, a shorter life, uh, a, an unhealthy life, an uncomfortable life, wouldn't have had the options that a man or woman on welfare today has. That's yeah. a wonderful thing. We've come so far. But this microphone, the, cam- the, the camera that's taking photos of us, the computer we've got, the, the cup, this, this damn thing, this phone, yeah. look, look what it can do. They wouldn't, wouldn't have been dreamt of. Well, the phone wouldn't have, this phone, what it can do, wouldn't have been dreamt of 20 years ago apart from a couple of people. So we've come so far in our material living. But always, we've got a very small group of people who want to see how they can get more wealth or get more control. And the way to do that is to earn an income off other people's uh, labor, labor or ideas yeah, yeah. and to control people. So they can control markets, they can control banks, they can control governments. And I mean that. They can control governments. What we see in, in federal parliament these days, and it's happening in Britain, it's happening in America, is we don't see governments making data, making de- policies based upon data and true science. They're making decisions based upon opinions, looking after vested interests, looking after their corporate donors, looking after their mates, getting ahead personally. And they wrap it all in bullshit. And you talked about that earlier on. Mm. They wrap it all in lovely terms. And, and so 
this virus is an exercise in controlling people. Yeah, That's because quite clear. The, 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 there's no there's no doubt if you look into the history of the donors in some of the in 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 the house right to the to these politicians that um big farmers and and other people like that tech companies are giving donations to these people so that they can push their agenda in that parliament to push yep. to push their things through so they can have more access to your information there's big data going on i mean well, I c- look look at greg hunt look at greg hunt he's the federal health minister yeah when he was environment minister uh, you can remember Julia Gillard. How long have you been in this country? S- seven, seven years. But but normally I try and stay out of the political scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's a but but I, ha- but I had to get you on because because what because I've 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 watched this narrative unfold over the last eighteen, twenty months, and I'm at the point now where I'm like, do you know what? Someone's got to stand up and talk about it yes. because because what's someone's got a bit like you you might not be able to resonate with my age group i might be able to articulate some things to my age group better than you could and yep. and i need we, i just think bringing this together and having a sensible conversation around topics where it's like these what we're talking about here is pure facts really like there's yep. not there's there's not there's not one thing in this really that you can dispute on any level because because it's it's, it's facts like it's just it's just fact on fact on fact on fact so I don't actually know what this guy's um, what this guy's done. I'm sure you're going to tell me in a second, but th- that's why that's why we're here. That's why I've stepped into this into this with you. It's because like everything that you've been saying on Instagram and social medias and and and, and in Parliament, it, it's clear to see that the majority of Australians that that are, that are not there. If you're there watching the news and watching the narrative and and every day, you would think this country was going to the doghouse. You'd think that the world's ending. You'd think that Australia's in trouble. You'd think we were just about to go to war. You'd think everything was going wrong right now. However, if you turn the TV off for just one second, if you turn the TV off and you go to your window and you look outside into the most beautiful, abundant country in the world with a population of people that just want to do more, be more, see more, and everything else. If you go out and do that, and you actually talk to people in the street, the truth is there in front of you. That is the truth. The truth is what you're experiencing, not what they're telling you. That's, that, that's, that's, that's why I'm so glad to get you on here, because that needs to be... Look... Even though it can seem on here like there's some negativity in this, it's no negativity. It's just like we just we just we're just giving you the facts in a positive manner, and what you do with it is up to you. Like um, we're we're not we've said on here openly, we're not pro-vax, we're not anti-vax, we're not pro this, we're not pro that. We're just saying that there's 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 this thing out there at the moment (laughs) that just does not make any sense to any human being with an ounce of fortitude in their mind, and that's it. Correct. And, and what you've just said is really important because what you've essentially said is before you can solve a problem, you need to identify the problem. Until you do that, you're 100%. speaking bullshit and you're just confusing it. And that's exactly what's going on. So back around uh, 2012, Julia Gillard, the Labor Prime Minister, introduced what was known as a carbon tax, yep. a carbon dioxide tax. And I won't go in, into the into the details and I'm happy to do that if if you want but this is probably not the time but I'm happy to do it but the carbon dioxide tax was a bullshit exercise it was a global initiative by the United Nations to make sure that they raised enough revenue 
to pay for their own budgets. The United Nations is a parasitic organisation. It is a corrupt organisation. It has failed completely on its stated purpose, which has never been its real purpose, to create peace. That's never been the purpose. The purpose has been to control people, to control property rights, to control water, to control resources, to control people, to control energy. So Julia Gillard promised before the election uh, in 2010 that she would not introduce a carbon dioxide tax. 2012, she introduced a carbon dioxide tax. Tony Abbott got into power and knocked her out based upon a promise to remove the carbon dioxide tax. So the Liberals removed the carbon dioxide tax. Big tick. Now, Greg Hunt is a Liberal. Malcolm Turnbull was a Liberal. He, they, they kicked Abbott out. The Liberal Party kicked Abbott out. Greg Hunt was Environment Minister. He got together with Malcolm Turnbull, the Liberal Prime Minister who replaced Abbott, and brought in a carbon dioxide tax, an emissions trading scheme, through the back door and got it through Parliament. This yep. was in 2015. All quietly. Did you hear about it? No. The, I, I didn't know nothing, nothing, nothing of the sort about this. I mean, yeah, So it's set up for a global tax on carbon dioxide, which is a way for the UN to get money. So we've got that. Now, Greg Hunt, what people don't know about him, is that in 2000 and 2000, from 2000 and 2001, he worked two years at the World Economic Forum. He was, in char he was working on strategy for the World Economic Forum. As a consultant? He now held, sorry? As a consultant or? No, no, he was there. He was seconded to it. Right, okay. So Greg Hunt is now health minister. So he's environment minister, then he was health minister. And as health minister, he is pushing anti-science around this COVID scam. It's not a scam, it's, it's real, but the, the restrictions are the scam. He's also pushing the vaccines, and he's the one who frankly admitted that we are, the world is engaged in the largest clinical vaccination trial, and we're the lab rats. He also, his department is holding up the approval of ivermectin for the use of COVID. Who's making money out of this? The globalists, the large big pharma. That's who's making money out of this. So how, and they've got their tools in charge in parliament. So how, how, can, you, can you just break down how the money is made? by the government choosing the vaccines that, that they're rolling out? Well, they just, they just pay the big, uh, the hundreds of billions of dollars to big pharma around the world. This right. is what governments are doing. They're paying big pharma. And, big, agreements and, by... and big pharma is greasing the pockets of the people that make the decisions to put the contract in the place. That's, that's, that's kind of how, it's, how it all pans out. You know, um, I'm sure that's going on. I don't have proof of it, but the biggest, the bigger thing is that some people say there's a massive conspiracy. I don't buy that because it's too hard to keep a good uh, a conspiracy together. And conspiracy is something going on behind the scenes in secret. Yeah. This is secret. What tends to happen with people, Frankie, is that humans are weak sometimes. Um, they're weak in terms of behaving like sheep. They're weak in terms of um, they won't stand up and tell the truth because they're afraid of being called out or ridiculed. See, the way they sh try and shut you down and me down is they call us names like anti-vaxxer or conspiracy nutjobs or climate deniers or whatever you want to call us. Mm. The reason for doing that is to shut you up and mm. to shut me up. They won't shut me up, and I don't think they're going to shut you up either. But the uh, point it, is... It, it's, 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 I, I just, I just want to share... Um, 
what I believe is is an open conversation, like like yeah. like, like 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 what we said. I've I've got no opinion one way or the other on global warming. I've got no opinion one way or the other on whether you get a vaccine or not. I just want you to. I just want you to be able. To, I just want the freedom of choice for Australian people to be in place. The freedom of choice. That's it. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's that's the narrative. That's what I'm. That's what I want for the people that listen to this and for everyone else. I'm like saying I don't mind whether you, whether you agree with me or you don't agree with me. And, and let me tell you something as well. You can disagree. And still be friends and still be nice to each other. Doesn't you don't yeah. you don't have to get triggered. You don't have to yep. you don't have to go. You don't have to start a war with someone. You don't have to go and go and <laughs> go go and be horrible to another person. It's like another human has a difference in opinion to you, and that is perfectly fine. That's it. Yep. Simple as that. And that's all this yep. is. It's like you can agree or you can disagree, but I I'm just giving you I'm just giving you what I deem as as th- these are the things that are not. I'm just giving you the other side of the story to what's being played in the narrative on the news. Like the news is telling you it's all this, this, and this, and this, and this is the other side of the story where there's there's a little bit more nuance in it that allows you to have, you can now have an opinion because you've got a couple of sides of a couple of different stories now, whereas you couldn't before because you're just watching the news. Well, the news the, the news will just play out any narrative that, you, that that it wants you to believe. You know, I mean, I, I drive down the Gold Coast Highway now, and every billboard is advertising. The vaccine—they're they're yep. pumping millions into this advertising campaign. On, it's literally like being advertised everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Advertised. It's on billboards. It's like, and and it's and the narrative that they're using to advertise this vaccine to you is the fact that if you don't get it, and if you don't, if you don't, if you don't put it into your body, you are hurting your family. You are hurting the nurse down the road. You are hurting the business. No, you're not. The person who hurt the business. It's the person that, that thought it was a good idea to shut down a whole economy for two cases. Exactly. That's the person <laughs> who hurt the small business. They need to be held accountable for that. That's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Even in the, even in the UK, they had to get to thousands of cases before they started to, to, to lock certain areas down. Thousands upon thousands. We're not even over 600. Like, it's just crazy. Yep. So, so you just said what you're about is freedom. And that's exactly what I'm about. There are three things going on here that I need for, for people. First of all, I want people's health. The lockdowns, which we'll get onto eventually, are, are crueling people's health. Let's, let, let, immediately let's go into that. Yeah, sorry. And, and the second thing I want is freedom. Not necessarily in that order because they're so connected. Everything with humans is interconnected. What, what has given us our material standard of living that we just talked about, it's unprecedented. We've had hundreds of thousands of years crawling through the caves and through the dirt and getting to where we were in, in 1800. In, in the start of the Industrial Revolution in 1850 to now it's about 170 years. We have come so far, it's exponential. Yeah. That, the reason that's happened is because of freedom. People are free. Someone moving papers, I can hear None of us. Uh, uh, so anyway, it's freedom that's so important. The best way to manage the health is to make sure people are free. Very well, thanks, Nathan. How are you? Oh. Yeah. So, so, so <laughs> it's your phone. <laughs> this, this is, this is what, this is why we do this unedited because um, you know you got to have a funny bit. I mean, you got to have a funny bit for the guy to get. <laughs> yeah. 
so, so uh, we'll be talking about, yeah, freedom. Freedom is what's created that because, Frankie, I may, I'm pretty bright, okay, and you're pretty bright, obviously. Um, but sometimes we get a good idea, and our idea is wonderful. But I give that idea to you, and you will take a different nuance to it, and you will blow it out of the water and make it phenomenal. And then somebody else might come along, mightn't be as bright as us, mm. but he or she may be an entrepreneur. They'll work out how to make money out of it. And as a result of that, if, they, if it does a good job for people and meets their needs, they will make a lot of money out of it, and society will improve. Freedom, the free, my freedom to think, my freedom to then speak and share my idea with you, your freedom to, to use your thought, your freedom to then to give it to someone else, their freedom to innovate, their freedom to exchange, the freedom to exchange an idea for a service. Other people make money out of it. Wonderful. The whole of society's benefited from my idea, your idea. Yeah. That's yeah. the way it works. So freedom is so important. The third thing I'm after is government accountability because what's happening now is with governance in our system, governance in, in, under Boris Johnson, governance under um, uh, Biden in America, these countries are failing because instead of making decisions based on data, they're making decisions based on opinions, whims, hearsays, looking good, getting headlines. Governments are not trying to do good. They're trying to look good. Yeah. And, and so the person who pays the price is the taxpayer. The person who pays the price is the person who's lost their freedom, the businesses that have lost during the lockdowns. This is what's killing us, not the virus. Yep. These things are killing us. Now, getting on to lockdowns, um, the United Nations World Health Organization is in some ways responsible for this. I, I'll not use the term pandemic, this, this virus getting out of China. It said in uh, December last year when we could have locked it all down properly, um, no, there's no human-to-human -human contact. There's no human-to-human -human spread, I'm sorry. Bullshit. That's the way it, it, it spreads. And so they made a number of, and they also suppressed news of it. And China and the World Health Organization are like that. So the World Health Organization is a crooked, corrupt, dishonest, incompetent organization, like most of the UN. However, it did say something accurate. It did say fairly recently that lockdowns are a blunt instrument that do a lot of damage. They should only be used initially to get control of a virus, which makes sense. Yep. If you use it repeatedly, it shows that you haven't got control of a virus. So whenever a state government now applies a lockdown, they're admitting that they haven't got control of the virus. What the hell is going on? We've been at this for 18 months and they haven't got control of the virus. It the virus is managing us. We're not managing the virus. That's the first point. The, even the World Health Organization is saying don't use lockdowns. What about, what about this, though? This is what I want to understand from you, from your point, your perspective. The state of emergency in Queensland, right? The, how, the, how this keeps getting, as we get near the end of a state of emergency, we go into another lockdown. Yeah. Right? What, what is, why, in your opinion, does that happen? Because that that's happening a lot. As soon as we get near the end of the state of state of emergency being over, within a within a couple of weeks of it, we go into lockdown again. I'll see if I can find something here. Um, the chief health chief medical uh, chief health officer for Queensland, yeah, said. Let's see if I can find it. Here it is. I just I just think it's rather ironic. You're absolutely correct. Dr. Young said Queensland would probably have to call an immediate lockdown 
if one new local case of COVID was discovered. Yeah. But it's easy this to... Is a quote. This is a quote. We've mm. seen that experience everywhere. But if we don't find the first case, we won't be locking down for one or two weeks. We'll be locking down for months. That is an absolute disgrace. She is foreshadowing more control and she's foreshadowing unlimited control. It'll go on for months. Sydney's now going on for months. This is bullshit. So when we've been told on the news on a couple of occasions in a couple of states that when Australia's 80% vaccinated, they'll open it up. And then, and then there was, then there was a con, then someone said, I can't remember exactly what politician, I think it was Gladys, I'm sure it was, said that even when they're 80% vaccinated, they're still gonna, they're still gonna, they're still gonna apply lockdowns. Uh, what's, what, why, why is that? Because of control. Mm. Um, so Gladys Berejiklian said that, Anastasia Palaszczuk said that, um, the chief... Because you're uh, locked in your house at the moment because Anastasia's locked you in, hasn't she? A quarantine. <laughs> you got, <laughs> she's quarantined you. Yeah, I, I thought, thought as much. Because that, well, well, that's, that, that's why you're not here on the sofa. That's, that's why we're doing it on, doing it on here. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to come in there. Um, okay, so a few weeks ago, uh, I went with a couple of staff up to Cape York. Yeah, There are a lot of people up there. Um, and there's another bullshit, bullshit uh, issue. Um, the Aboriginals are getting smashed. But we're blowing billions of dollars on the Aboriginal industry, which is consultants and lawyers and government agencies and bureaucrats feeding off this. The money's not going from your pocket as a taxpayer and my pocket as a taxpayer to the guy on the ground in, in, in the Cape York communities. Yeah. It's getting hived off by the bullshit artists in the middle. That They've got, got the control of the resources, the water, the land, the control of, of money. The people are living in misery. I just, in, in, I, I just, I just kind of, th- I think as a, as a population, they should be supported, supported, yeah. and, and be left in peace. This is their land that we're living on at the end of the day. Um, you know that we're lucky. Yeah, you're right. We're, so we're, so there, there, I was up there. We went to every community in Cape York. We listened to people. That's what Pauline and I do. We listen because that, it's just, uh, it's just so invigorating to actually get the facts. So anyway, I came off Cape York and went to Cairns on a Friday night, Friday the 30th of July. Saturday morning, so we went out to dinner at a restaurant, two of my staff and myself. Um, And then I came back, went to bed, got up on Saturday morning. One of my staff took me to the airport. I then jumped on a jet, came down to Brisbane. I hit the ground in Brisbane and I get a text message saying, mate, Brisbane's going into a lockdown. You better get out of there quickly and get to Canberra before four o'clock because if you're not out by four o'clock, you'll be in quarantine and you'll be locked down in Canberra. So, okay. So I, I haven't seen my wife for a while. I get a cab home, pack everything up, get driven to the airport. So I've I've hardly talked to anyone in Cairns, hardly talked to anyone in Brisbane. I end up in Canberra and I'm told I must go into lockdown. But I'm allowed an essential service because I'm an essential services centre. I can go to Parliament. All the bullshit that goes with that. So then I've had two weeks down in Canberra, and all of a sudden ACT has one case of COVID. Oh, there's a rumour on that the ACT could be locked down. You better get out of Canberra quickly. So we take off just 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 in time, and we we escape the lockdown. I land in Queensland. And I'm told I've now got to go into quarantine because I've left the ACT with one case. What mm. the hell is this? And so then 
I find out uh, I've, I've got to go to a conference in, in Darwin. I, I knew this was planned, which was going to be Monday and Tuesday this week. Um, and so I'm going to Darwin, along with hundreds of other people going to Darwin for a major conference on northern development. And I'm told that I can't go into the Northern Territory. So one of my staffers is going anyway, and she goes up on the Sunday night, and on Monday the Northern Territory has one case, Darwin has one case, so they locked down Darwin, so she's got to get the hell out of there before she gets locked down. One of Pauline's staff was going up to represent Pauline and to have meetings, important meetings with Aboriginal communities and others. She lands on the Monday morning in Darwin ready for the conference, when she lands, she finds out that, that Darwin is locked down, so she just turns around and goes straight back. This is bullshit. So how, so how long then do you envisage the Australian international borders being closed and Australians that live abroad aren't allowed to come home when they want to come home and, and when they do come home, they've got to pay an astronomical flight fee and an astronomical fee for the quarantine that they have to be put into? Like when's, when, when do you envisage all that being over there there are three things i think there are three options three alternatives because i, I don't i don't forecast and i'll tell you truthfully if i don't if i don't know something and i don't know something here there are three alternatives that i can see probably others the first one is that the government wears people down through its relentless campaign and control and people submit to the vaccination and they submit to so many other controls we haven't seen the end of them yet they're, they're, they're cooking up other controls Excuse me. So then when the population submits, yep. they let it out under very strict conditions to keep more control of you. Yeah. The other alternative is, and I hope this happens, the, the people get so sick and tired of this, they start rebelling and speaking out more and more and go, go around the, the, the legacy media and, and really start hammering the politicians and the politicians have to respond. They will. The third alternative is that ivermectin is finally accepted for treating of COVID and it's overnight, it'll end. So which is the most likely? I don't know. Well, I'm telling you now that ivermectin won't be, won't be signed off because there's, because of, because of how cheaply it's able to be made and there's not enough money in it to be out for it to be put into service. That's what it is. Well, it, it stops the vaccine makers making their shitloads of money, their hundreds of billions of dollars money around the world. But yeah. some com countries already are doing it, Frankie. So there's a possibility. And we're working on that behind the scenes. We're working with people who know what the hell they're doing. It's not easy, though. It, it, I'd, I'd, I'd just, I'd just like, to, like to know, really, when, when, when we can all start moving as people because we, we, we're literally like trapped in states, trapped in... Some people are people in Melbourne are trapped in their home. People in Sydney are trapped in their home. You know, can't go see their loved ones. Loved ones are dying without without seeing their family uh, for the last time. It's 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 a ter it's a terrible it's a terrible state of affairs for for what is classed as one of the, you know one of the most freest first world countries in the world. And we've got similar restrictions, even though it seems like we're free on the surface. We've got similar restrictions to North Korea right now. Like whether you, whether you believe that or not, it's the truth. Like it is correct. You you as an Australian listening to this podcast cannot go right to your airport without your government's permission to leave the country. Right, that is not right on any level because because to have to apply to leave leave the country 
it's, it's just wrong. It's just so wrong. I, I just, I just want to say, like, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, and 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 obviously, and obviously speaking, speaking so passionately about what you're doing, and obviously opening up a few things that I didn't know about certain things, and a lot of the audience won't know about certain things. On a, on a, on a more like positive, lighter note. If there's if there's some piece of advice and and, and things that you can give to Australians and, and people out there in the world, you know, if you could just leave leave leave, leave a lasting legacy, what what would you say to them right now? Uh, legacy in terms of the end of this program, um, believe in yourself. Uh, don't listen to the crap that's peddled about humans being um, greedy, rapacious, irresponsible, uncaring. Humans are absolutely wonderful. We are truly, truly wonderful. We have a few people who want to control others. So it's our duty, I think, to, uh, as, as citizens of, of a free country, a once free country, no longer free country, to actually look around, get the information, listen to alternative, don't listen to the legacy media, um, get the information and then speak up and stand up. Don't go and fight. Don't go and, and physically fight. Don't don't go and break laws, but just uh, just get in touch with your politicians, your representative in the House of Representatives, the State House of, of Representatives. Let them know what you think. Let them know what you want. Demand the facts, and and support people like Frankie who are speaking up, and make sure that we get a change in Parliament so that the voice of the people is heard again. Because Frankie, you are absolutely correct. Uh, if you have to apply for permission to do something, you're, you're not free. You're not. Lo- you're no longer a free and, human and, being. And and humans are so, you know, freedom doesn't mean I can come and punch you. I'd probably get floored in return, but you know what I'm getting at. It doesn't mean I can steal your property. I, I, I reckon I've been boxing long enough to handle you. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you have too. Um, so the point is that with freedom comes responsibility. Yeah. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll say this, uh, Maria Montessori, she didn't say it exactly like this. She's a one, she was a wonderful person who's probably the most um, enlightened person about human development and human behavior. Um, she studied people meticulously, objectively for many, many years. And she said, wherever you see a lack of responsibility, you will see a lack of freedom. What gives me the biggest kick that I can that I've ever had is when I've gone to a new uh, to a mine site and it's buggered. It's it's had incompetent management. It's had authoritarian union bosses. Um, it's out of control. The people are demoralised. And so long as you put in place basic standards and you look after people properly and treat them with respect, and you start giving them authority to 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 express themselves in their work, because Frankie, I've found that people love work. They love to express themselves through their work. They spend most of their time at work, so they love it. And the one thing you can do that will destroy people is make work so bad, so demeaning, that people will go home unsatisfied. You yeah. give people the freedom to ex- express themselves, no matter what the job is. They love it. They, they, they're satisfied. What I've seen, one day I was leaving a mine site, had 330 people. It was pretty antagonistic when I got there. It took a while, but we eventually got people's trust. And we gave them more responsibility and more authority to, to manage their own lives. We're talking about miners. And I've worked as a coalface miner. I know what it's like. So we gave them that. And one day I was leaving the office after dark and I thought, why am I happy? And I thought, it's not the massive 
stockpiles of coal and record coal production. It's not the fact that the miners are making very good money. The fact is that people now come to work, and instead of having a shit fight and an argument and going home on strike, they head down the mine, do a wonderful day's work, go home happy. That gave me the, the, the really jollies that I love because I love setting people free. And sometimes in, in work, I stand back and give people the opportunity to do what they need to do and express themselves. That's absolutely beautiful. It's gold. And that's the way humans thrive. And that's what we need to get back to. Instead of the fucking government telling me what I can do and what I can't do and telling you what you can and can't do, we need to get the government the hell out of people's lives, recognise the best form of government is small government, especially central government, get rid of the damn thing for, except for foreign affairs and defence and a couple of other things, get the rest of it back to the states, get them to be small, and let you and I and every damn 25 million Australians get on with life because the secrets are here and here, and that's what we've got to spread, and we've got to restore freedom as the best way to protecting people's health. This is not a COVID emergency. This is a COVID restriction emergency. It is bullshit government that is destroying this country, and I mean that, destroying the country. We've got a hell of a lot of work to do. The humans are wonderful. We've got to get together make sure we keep our freedoms, make sure we get them back. And we've got to do that by doing our bit, listening, learning, listening to alternative media like yourself, listening to points of view, making up our own minds, not listening to dickheads in, in parliament. And instead, then vote properly, speak up, move around, talk to your family, get educated, share the information. It's just, it's just Believe a, in yourself. Yeah, it's just about allow, allowing everyone to have an opinion, which every, every, everyone is allowed an opinion. And, and listening, because there's three sides to every story. There's my side, there's your side, and the truth lies somewhere in the middle of the two, right? <laughs> and that's the facts of the world. That's the facts in every story. Now, don't, if you, if this, po some of you might resonate with this podcast, some of you might be wildly offended, and that's okay. Both sides are fine. You can leave this podcast and understand that this is just an alternative view to the narrative that's being played out, and that's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to get all hyped and and over oversensitized about it. Just take on the information, disregard what you don't think you, you want to take on, and and take on what you want to take on. But understand that podcasts like this need to happen in order in order for the world to be free. In order for in order for people like yourselves to be able to get some form of 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 uh, more insight into things from another perspective. And the podcast tagline is break patterns, flip perspectives for a reason. And that is the reason. Thank you so much, Malcolm, for your time. Pleasure having you on here, dropping some bombs. I'm sure we can, we can I'm sure there'll be a lot of people listening to this. Let me, let me tell you, there's a lot of people out there that are, will be tuning in for this. Guys, if you like this content and you, a lot of my other podcasts are, are, are with celebrities, business people. This is the first time we've, we've, we've dived into the political sphere. And the reason we've dived into it is because is because after twenty months I'm kind of sick and tired of being of being told that I've got to stay in the <laughs> state, stay stay in my stay in my apartment, and I'm not allowed to go and see my mum because my mum is giving me so much shit right now because I can't go back for her fortieth wedding anniversary. So there we go. I just wanted to do do the world a service while we're doing that. Like and subscribe, drop some comments, share this content with all your friends and family. And again, thank you, Malcolm. Is there is there any last words? Yes, remember where security comes from, Frankie. The real security is exactly where you've, you've nailed it a couple of times in this podcast. 
Real security is not having troops on the ground, uh, not having police raiding people's homes, not beating up grannies in Melbourne parks, not controlling kids and keeping them out of school. Real freedom comes from a breadwinner job, a secure home, a family around you, a family that can support you, and the fourth one is a community in which you can interact with other people. 100%. They're the forms of security that are unbeatable, and that is only possible if we're free. So, brother, I give you full credit. Keep doing what you're doing because freedom is the most wonderful way of humans, of humans expressing ourselves. That's what life's about. Just, just, Thank you, mate. Just, Love just, you. Just, just, be, just be kind to other people and understand that everyone has their own opinion. And, like, if there's something you don't agree with, that's just fine. That doesn't need to offend you or ruin your day. You know, just move on. Like, it's simple. Like, I don't, I, 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 do you know what I'm saying? If it, that's, that's all I want to get out to people. It's just be open-minded to all sides of all stories before you make an educated decision for yourself. That's it. Just, just, that's, just that's, you just defined another form of freedom, Frankie. Just, just, just freedom just, from being intimidated by having to react to someone else. The real freedom comes from within, and me being able to be free about not reacting to what someone says, but to think about it. Yeah. And, and to say it's fine. He disagrees. I disagree. That's fine. Just still, still respect him. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Thank you so much for your time. And guys, like, subscribe, share the content. Much love. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee podcast.